Welcome to Maya Online, a podcast of Hebrew College. Learn more and sign up for our intensive courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash Online. Maya is spelled M-E-A-H. Today's podcast is part of a series in which we explore the Maya Online course, Journey Through the Bible, with renowned Bible scholar Professor Mark Brettler from Duke University. In this episode, Professor Brettler examines the Decalogue, or Ten Commandments. In this segment, I'd like to talk about the laws in the book of Exodus, in particular about the Decalogue and about the Covenant Collection. First, a word about terminology. Many of you are much more used to the term Ten Commandments rather than the term Decalogue. The English term Decalogue comes from the Greek Dekalogos, which means the Ten Words or the Ten Sayings. I prefer this for a variety of reasons, most significantly that because within the Jewish enumeration, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, or I the Lord am your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, is considered to be the beginning of the section. It is a saying. It is not a commandment. Thus, if we talk about this material as the Ten Commandments, rather than as the Decalogue, we are really excluding that first verse from this unit. And indeed, the term Decalogue better reflects the Hebrew term that is used. I read from Exodus chapter 34, verse 28 on the slide. And he, Moses, was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. He ate no bread, drank no water, and he wrote down on the tablets the terms of the covenant. And in this translation, what follows is the Ten Commandments. But the Hebrew is aseret hadvarim, which does not mean the Ten Commandments, but really means the Ten Words, or better, the Ten Sayings. Thus, the term Decalogue. The Decalogue is so important because, according to the biblical narration, it is the only set of laws which is given to all Israel. Again, you might want to refresh your memory by looking at Exodus chapter 19. All Israel is at Mount Sinai. God speaks these words so that all of Israel hears them. And at the end of Exodus chapter 20, the people say to God, don't speak to us anymore. This is too scary. Let Moses be our intermediary. So unlike the rest of the Bible, these laws are recited by God, according to the biblical tradition, to all Israel, rather than having Moses as a significant intermediary. I would also like to comment that the term ten in the Ten Commandments, or deca in the Decalogue, is really not so simple. You certainly can see various monuments, and I have one of them on the top of the slide that is from the Ten Commandment display in Austin, Texas, concerning which there was a Supreme Court case several years ago that say on the top, 
the Ten Commandments. You probably have also seen various Ten Commandments which have Roman numerals in front of them, though it might strike you as a little strange that a Hebrew document has Roman numerals in front of it. Stated differently, it is not clear how to get Ten Commandments out of the material that you have in the book of Exodus or in its parallel in the book of Deuteronomy. And I really encourage you to look at the Jewish Study Bible, pages 141 or 357, or at the website, which I have on this particular slide, which reflects the fact that there are 12, 13 different utterances and different people and different religious traditions have worked in different ways to combine, let's say, these 13 different utterances into 10. Sometimes this is done by saying that some of these do not count, such as the particular pro the Protestant tradition that I, the Lord, am your God is not really number one, but is the introduction. Elsewhere, certain related laws are combined, such as the law is not making other images and not bowing down to them, or the law about not coveting, where there really are two such laws, which sometimes are combined. So thus, the Decalogue is fraught with problems, and even though it is so famous, it is really not so straightforward. And I'd like to conclude my very brief exposition of the Decalogue by noting that in some ways the Decalogue is often misunderstood and is even highly problematic. One misunderstanding of the Decalogue is in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, where it says that you must honor your father and your mother that you may long endure on the land that the Lord your God is assigning you. Most people understand that to mean honor your parents and you'll live a long life, in Jewish terms, to 120. But that is not what this means. Please listen to what I just said or read it yourselves. This is talking about long enduring on the land which the Lord your God has given you. It is talking about Israel as a community living in the land of Israel and getting that as a divine blessing rather than having as a divine blessing living an individual long life. Furthermore, verses 5 and 6 of the Decalogue are especially problematic. And although I do not really want to get into politics, I think should raise significant issues for those who believe that the Decalogue should be exhibited, as it is on the slide, in various public places. Verses 5 and 6 of Exodus 20 read, You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am an impassioned God, visiting the guilt of the parents upon the children, upon the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing kindness to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. Note, this verse explicitly states that God punishes intergenerationally. Do you want that in your courthouse? 
suggesting, well, you might be totally innocent, but this court might very well punish you for something that your father, grandfather, or great-grandfather has done. I would like to move very briefly to talk about the Covenant Collection. In much literature that you read, this is called the Covenant Code. The word covenant is clear enough. As I show on the slide, it comes from Exodus 24, verse 7, where we have the expression, the record of the covenant. But please read through it. Take a look at Exodus 20, 19 through 23, 33. Codes are complete. They are unified and organized. They are used in law codes. This is not a code. How did people get married according to the Covenant Collection? How did they get divorced? Or perhaps to be more prosaic and economic, how did they make transactions concerning buying, selling, and shepherding of sheep? None of that is indicated there. It is not complete. It is not well organized or unified. For example, laws about oppressing strangers appear at least twice in the Covenant Collection. And there is, no con there is no suggestion anywhere in it or anywhere elsewhere in the Hebrew Bible that it was used in a law court. Thus, please understand this and the other material we're going to look at today as collections rather than as codes. As collections, they may have rather loose organization. This is taken from a dead website. It is not perfect, but it gives you a sense that there is a loose structure to the covenant collection, but certainly it is very, very far from complete. A final issue that I would like to highlight has to do with different types of laws within the covenant collection and within much of biblical legal collections. These laws, in terms of their form, and thus I say on the top that this is a form-critical observation, can be divided into two large categories. One category is what is called casuistic law. And you'll see in a later segment of this module, that is the way in which Hammurabi is typically phrased. These are if-then or when-then laws. So please take a moment. The law that, that I have here, which we will return to in a later segment of this module concerning the goring ox, begins with an if or when, and then has a bunch of sub-cases, each of which begins with if and is followed by a when. That is very different than the law, for example, that you have in Exodus 23.1. You may not carry false rumors or the laws that follow. You shall not join hands with the guilty. Those are absolute statements. Those are what we call apodictic rather than casuistic. Also, please note, these do not have punishments associated with them. You can rewrite these apodictic laws as casuistic laws. For example, saying, if you carry false rumors, 
then such and such shall happen to you. These two different types of laws or formulations of laws likely have different settings in life. This notion of looking for different settings in life was originated in German biblical scholarship. Thus, even in English, the term Sitz im Leben, which means life setting or social setting, is often used to distinguish between, for example, between casuistic and apodictic law. But we can often only guess concerning the Sitz im Leben of something. So many people think that the Sitz im Leben or social setting of casuistic law may have been the law court, while the social setting of apodictic law may very well have been in family law or family instruction. Thus, for example, you can probably not imagine law a parent telling a child, if an ox scores such and such, then so and so can happen. But you certainly can imagine a parent instructing a child apodictically, you better not carry false rumors. Thus, this distinction between apodictic and casuistic law is important, reflects different social settings, even if we are not positive what they are. I'd like to conclude this segment by just making you aware of the fact that in the Jewish Study Bible, there is a rich glossary of technical terms. If I ever use a technical term from biblical studies that is not well known to you, I'm sure you'll be able to find a definition of it in that glossary at the end of the Jewish Study Bible. That's it for today. Learn more about Maya online, including how you can help a member of the armed services take our paid online courses at www.hebrewcollege.edu slash online. We'd love your feedback about today's show. Email us at mayaonline at hebrewcollege.edu. If you like the show, please leave us a review in iTunes or whichever podcasting service you use to subscribe. Our music is from Gala, a 10th anniversary celebration of the Rabbinical School of Hebrew College. Thanks for listening.